Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pussy Church. I'm Lara, a very mysterious erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with the top sex science studies and the history of nude photography. Every week on the show, we'll sing the gospel, which is all about sex news. We'll worship an erotic artist, and we'll hear some confessions, really questions, and sex stories from you guys. Let's dive in. Amen. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Pussy Church. Welcome. It's another Sunday. <gasps> Who am I here with? Monody Baker. Oh my God. I'm back. She's finally back. <laughs> After a two week, three week hiatus. Yeah. Um, we are finally it's back. Holidays together. and yeah. Happy 2020. Yes. Pussy I, Church. I guess so far it's happy. Right? Yeah. Well, we only had like a week home. I know. <laughs> I mean, so far, so good though. <laughs> Well, blessed be the pussy. May he rise. May she open to your touch. Hey. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's been it's been a good year so far, but um, has it been very sexy? Um, yeah, no, not it, not for me particularly. It's just a lot. <laughs> well, it, it's spending a lot of time with uh, family, so in that situation, not a lot of sex being high but that's that's fine that's kind of normal i would think if you're like in the guest room of your parents house or something yeah <laughs> and then i had family staying with me and it, it was just yeah yeah i didn't didn't want to make anyone too uncomfortable um i totally understand but i kind of like when you i mean at least being in a relationship if you go a gap without having sex um and then it feels especially like just remembering that feeling of oh, being penetrated it's <laughs> remembering the feeling remember that feeling that's been so far away <laughs> uh, yeah, like just you forget a... how he looks naked you're like who are you again i don't remember no but i'm i'm looking forward to getting back to it <laughs> i totally understand it is slightly addictive yes um oh what God. what's what's going on with you so i have some news yeah well kind of remember weeks and weeks and weeks ago and only our most um i don't know loyal listeners will remember maybe um when we started talking about that trench coat challenge yeah yeah that right? was a long time ago yeah the idea really behind that was that you wear a trench coat nothing under and you just come over to a guy's house and open it up right but but you you uh i think went above and beyond <laughs> Well, it was a little bit different. The cheating aspect of this is that he kind of knew. So it's a little not fair. But I did wear, um, I was in Europe, as yeah. everybody knows. But I was wearing a winter coat. And underneath, I was wearing just a full set of lingerie. And we went to a bar together. Yeah. Which, you know, I kind of did not realize a little bit that the tricky part of that is that you're at the bar and you can't take the yeah coat that's what i was just thinking like would, would that get especially warm or would you feel awkward that you're wearing like a full heavy winter coat i mean it just felt like so it was like a really like a fancy coat kind yeah. of very thick and like it went to my knees i guess yeah and then i had like boots on but i think i just felt like everybody kind of knew right? <laughs> like you had a secret <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> which is stupid because nobody probably noticed yeah. but i'm sure somebody must have been why is this chick not taking off her coat right it sounds like the feeling of getting stoned and like you're out in public and you think everyone knows you're stoned totally. but no one has any of the faintest clue <laughs> well, and nobody's really even focused on you right exactly Maybe they think for a second they're like, like why oh, is this chick wearing her coat yeah but i was wearing my coat and we're like sitting at, in like a booth um and then you know, I was like opening my legs a little bit so he can see, you know, that's so <laughs> my garter belt and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was like sexy and funny. That sounds incredibly sexy. So it was like a really like fun experience. I think that sounds really sexy. It's very sexy. I, I keep Highly on saying I want to do all these things. Like I said, I was gonna <laughs> buy my boyfriend a strap on for Christmas, and I didn't have time oh, to yeah. do that before I left. And well, you can still do it now. Okay, yeah. And I still want to do the trench coat challenge, but now I want to like go out in public. And I think you should. Yeah. Actually, it's so fun. I mean, yeah. it's clearly bizarre a little bit, you know. Right. Um, but. I enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed the bizarrity of it in mm-hmm. some kind of sense. Bizarrity, yeah. bizarrity. <laughs> That's totally a word. No, because it's just. I also I became so. I don't know. So aware yeah. of my of the whole situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you're a little paranoid in that. But in in like a fun in a fun way that even me who doesn't really get like abashed or something, yeah. I was like, okay, I open my legs like for a little bit, but not too long. Right. You know, because I was like, okay, you I, don't want someone to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That I'm like totally hooker ish. You know, like in my fucking coat. But I think that adds Fancy to the coat. the intrigue or like it adds to the excitement of the whole thing. Obviously, totally. And he's super into tights, you know. So oh, it was he's like a stocking guy. He's a stocking guy. So that was kind of fun. I didn't even know. My, he told me like later. Uh, I was at my boyfriend's last night, and he woke up and he said, "I, I had I had the best dream. You were wearing um, pink uh, like fishnet stockings, and I ripped them over and then fucked you in the ass." <laughs> he's like, pretty good. and he's like, "We need to get you some pink stockings <laughs> so I can do that." I was like, "Okay." He's like, but without the stockings, this dream does yeah, not work. Yeah, nope. So. He he likes the idea of like ripping open the stockings. Like, what do you mean ripping open? Oh, because like they're the fishnet. Like, if you if you ah, yeah, yeah, if yeah. they're if they're all the way, it's not just like uh, stockings. It's like uh, yeah, full on yeah. tights. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Tights. It is super sexy. I mean, tights also feel good. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, I need to find some pink fishnets. You should. <laughs> I buy that strap on. I'm kind of jealous. I should I should do that too. Yeah. I don't have I. <laughs> I don't have a candidate. <laughs> I know you just need to find the candidate. A lot of people actually. So I did this like whole sex resolution um, questionnaire on, on Instagram, and a lot of people responded with like that they want to get pegged. Like a lot of dudes. No way, that's awesome. Tons. That's good. I think it's. I'm sure that's been a thing in the past for a lot of men, but I think masculine. The idea of masculinity is becoming more open. Maybe so, so more people are willing to so. like say that, yeah. which is I think it's awesome. I think it's great, especially that it's <laughs> like a pig. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, that it's acceptable and that, like a dude doesn't feel like he's not a man or something if right. he likes something like that. Right, right, exactly. Because that would be, I think, it's so funny. I was just at a dinner party and there were some people talking and this lady, she's like 50 or whatever, and she had, she lives polyamorously. Um, and her boyfriend was there, but her husband was at home. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. really funny. But she's talking, and then she's like, yeah, I really enjoy watching him having sex with somebody else. And I, and I was like, oh, my God, you like cock holding. Yeah. Cock holding. And she was like, oh, no. 
oh no, that's not what I do. And I'm like, that's no, exactly that's exactly what, what it is. But, but she I had think- such a, a sh- like such a kind of bad connotation on it. Right. That she felt like that was like degrading her if she liked that or whatever. Right. I think it's that word just has yeah a bad a bad connotation attached to it. So yeah, like you're like putting somebody down and right. degrading them. I mean, I guess in the sense, then we kind of agreed upon it was like being like a voyeur or something yeah okay yeah but still i was like her reaction was so extreme right. like kind of offended that yeah. i would have said that and i'm like but that's what well, it that's is. what it is <laughs> i'm sorry lady like completely i mean the funny thing is that i didn't want to offend her at all i was kind of excited i was like oh my god i don't meet a lot of women who are into that yeah um, personally so but i mean in her case maybe i mean if you're that open to it you don't see it as degrading like it's just exactly. it's sexy so it's like sexy. you said more voyeur type situation so she doesn't yeah she doesn't want to watch to feel bad about yeah, herself yeah. but she just you know it turns her on so and, i guess there is a difference yeah yeah a little bit we didn't need to figure out a different name for it's just funny because i was thinking about words and things that we had you know like attribute um like well this is I think I'm totally fine with the word voyeur. That sounds sexy to me. But cockholding, I feel like you're saying something mean about me. Right. Or, um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And the same with pegging. Right. Right? Because you can say like, oh, maybe rimming is fine. But as soon as you're getting pegged. Right. We're getting a prostate massage. It's still like, okay. But if you're getting yeah, pegged, you're like a weakling. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like soup on like a super sub. And that. <laughs> yeah, it does pegging. sound a little like, aggressive. Of course it, it does. Was, and it, it is, is a little like, aggressive. <laughs> it's the whole point. Kind All right, of. Yeah, true. Oh, it's totally okay. If you like it, it's amazing. If you don't, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I hope you don't beat me to pegging. If, if <laughs> I have like a willing boyfriend and we've been talking about doing it and you just... I don't know how I should. <laughs> yeah, like, I it would be... A, I mean, it could happen. So maybe I should tell you that it might happen. So All you right. do your so I find, Yeah, I think this is an added motivation. All <laughs> it's right. It's just like, it's like a weird competition. Who pegs first? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh gosh. Hilarious. Um, anyways, anyway. but yeah, the, I highly recommend. I know I haven't done a full on trench coat challenge, but I think it was a pretty good a uh, pretty good thing to do yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you you stepped it up with like going out in public with it. Like <laughs> true. our initial challenge was <laughs> to just like drive over in your car and no one else sees you and <laughs> he's the only so I think what you did is a little bit elevated, but Oh, I, d- I definitely thought that the waitress like was staring at me, but you know. Oh. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe she I think she said at one point she was like, "Oh, you have a beautiful coat." And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's I'm not just taking am- it off. admiring your coat." <laughs> at least she didn't ask to try it on oh my god can you imagine <laughs> can i try this on you like ah, actually no 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 i'm very cold yeah i'm like sweating actually it was really hot in there i bet <laughs> oh my gosh the gospel the gospel the gospel <laughs> And the gospel is sex news from the past week from all over the world. And today we're going to talk about actually still pertaining to 2019. Okay. And it's kind of um, a collection of studies um, or things that scientists discovered about sex in 2019. Oh, oh, this is, this is fun. Right? Yeah. I thought it'd be like interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of scientific. So yeah. you guys like stay with us. Um, but yeah, about sex, about relationships, what turns people on and stuff like that. So the first one, so we're just going to go through them and just kind of see what we think about them, I think. All right. First one was 
women are still struggling to talk about what they want in bed. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. So apparently um, a study published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior Mm -hmm. found 55% of women in the U.S. reported experiencing situations in which they had wanted to communicate with a partner about what they wanted, but did not do it. Do you think that's specific to females, though? I feel like that goes for men, too. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I think it happens less with men, probably. Or- I wonder, yeah, actually, you're right. Because I wonder if you get a really bad blowjob, I actually don't think he He's, says something yeah, about it. He just moves on. <laughs> He's just like, okay, let's fuck really quick. No, you're right, maybe. I mean, apparently every fifth um, or one in five women is not comfortable at all talking about her sexual desires. Right. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I do experience guys, though, telling me things that they like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's more common with. It's more them. common, I think, yeah. is in, in general, as in like that they don't have to feel. I don't know. Now I feel bad because I just wanted to say that they don't have the pressure of performing as much as we do. But that's not the that's truth. not the truth. No, I, I think females are just it's it's less obvious of what will work to get them off like i think men are easier to figure out so so they (laughs) even guys say that (laughs) yeah they they might they might not need to say what they want as much because it's it's can sometimes be obvious and women we're more of like a puzzle that you have to figure out so if we're not if they're not doing what we need to get off then and and not asking for it the only thing that doesn't really happen is right that they're faking it right and we are yeah often yeah i mean so i think that might be the only thing he might not say what he wants but maybe like you said he just moves on yeah <laughs> he moves on it's like it's, it's, it's funny. awful it's awful he's like okay stop that blowjob that's not yeah, working for yeah, me exactly <laughs> i meant moves on to the next woman <laughs> oh that too <laughs> well like, do you think that all these ladies who don't say anything stay probably huh probably damn it yeah they probably should also move on. Actually, people should just talk to each other. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> Maybe I you don't have to like move on at all. Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, in an ideal world. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there is in general, if you start communicating more during sex, it becomes so natural. Yeah. Like um, the guy with the coat challenge. <laughs> it wasn't really. I didn't do it as a challenge. Really, yeah. But, um, he would he would ask me a lot about things that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like while we were having sex and like foreplay or whatever, he was asking me a lot of things and it was like super Oh, hot that's awesome. Because he was doing it in like a really hot way. Right. And I was like, this is the hottest thing. Dang. You're asking me these things. He's like, what do you like? And I'm like showing him what I like. And like, it was really cool. Wow, this sounds like a good experience. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. We just have to maybe shift our mindsets of what communicating that means, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean that we're putting down the other person who's just giving suggestions of what we like as opposed mm-hmm. to telling them what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so um kind of going off of that, apparently just saying the word clitoris out loud is linked to better sex for women. What? And I find those fucking hilarious. What? Okay. So obviously we know, we know that 65% of women can't really come vaginally. So um, the clitoris is literally it's the place to um, focus. But apparently even saying it out loud is associated with greater sexual satisfaction, 
and they're less likely to fake orgasms. What? All right. Every time I have sex, I'm just going to say clitoris, 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 clitoris. <laughs> I don't really think it's no, only during sex. Can you imagine? Next time you just show up and you're like, you like my clitoris? What yeah. about my clitoris? You want to touch my clitoris? <laughs> He's like, she's she has Tourette's. And also, like, if I'm talking to a I say clit. I don't say clitoris. Clitoris. But I do think it works the same yeah, way. Okay. All right. I didn't know if there was a discrepancy. <laughs> she's like, is this like these three letters? Do they change everything? Everything. That's funny. Interesting. Well, I think actually it might be something like I, I thought about Harry Potter for a second. You know how they don't say Voldemort? Yeah. And I was like, maybe, you know, it's just making it more normal. Yeah. Okay. Like Harry Potter is like taking back his power by saying the name of this bad right, person. Yeah. And we're just taking back, we're making we're more normal. We're giving power by saying. Yeah. Okay. You know, that you have a clitoris and you like it to be sucked and touched and loved. <laughs> Might make all the difference because you're admitting that that's something you're like. Right. Yeah. Okay. Getting educated. It's kind of funny. All these people who do these studies because it's quite a few, you know, like within that article, it was like 21 different studies that were made about orgasms and sex and like different trends. So the next one actually is not all orgasms are good. Oh, and I thought that was super interesting. Huh? So um, another study that was published also by the Archives of Sexual Behavior they found that 55% of people had experienced a bad orgasm. I mean, I, I, I've, I've experienced something. It's not, I wouldn't call it a bad orgasm. It was just less good than others are. <laughs> it was just like more of a flat, like, oh, okay, that just happened. But totally. you're, you just, you're left kind of bummed out, but there's never been some, something that like was painful or... That's the interesting thing because so uh, that's a pretty big umbrella term a bad orgasm apparently because uh, underneath that falls what you just exp- uh, described lackluster so, type of thing yeah that one that's not that great then there's an orgasm that physically hurts mm. some people and i don't know about that but i've had like somewhere i feel like it's nearly between pain and pleasure right okay yeah but i don't know if they talk about that and then also what they were talking about too is like when you um didn't give consent to a sexual experience and you're still orgasming oh right interesting that's yeah. a crazy i mean because i was just thinking about this i got this new sex toy it's a clitoral stimulator, um, stimulator yeah vibrator and it has like a sucking motion and the first time i used it it felt like it stole my orgasm really? i orgasmed within like a few seconds and it was br- it was like a brutal orgasm really? and i wasn't ready to have one really wow. and i didn't build up to it it just like happened and it was over and i'm like holy shit what happened to me (laughs) and i wouldn't call that a bad orgasm but i did say i think you described it like that that it was a little brutal yeah interesting so it's just too aggressive yeah just like yeah i wasn't i wasn't even turned on yeah you want some build up to it (laughs) i was like why did this happen already wait i i i missed i missed the last uh the last episode so what what is this toy Oh, it's called a womanizer. Okay. And there's actually also the Satisfyer Pro and Lilo has something called a Sona. Sona is actually a little bit different because it works with sonic waves. But the Satisfyer Pro and the womanizer, it's like a suction cup basically. Whoa, interesting. And I can use it on like a medium level and that's amazing. And now I can come with it like so good. But when I first started like the the higher frequency, the higher higher level level of it or whatever, 
It's so like crazy. Intense. I mean, I could never put that just on my clit. It's like too strong. Just too, yeah, yeah. I, I know the feeling of something just being way too much. Yeah, like, and I think we all have like different, right? Like every woman. Different needs, levels. Yeah, yeah, different pressure and stuff. But I was like, this is crazy. Like, well, this is like a, <laughs> you could use that on me, even if I wouldn't want to have sex and it would probably come. Right, okay. So what you're saying is like, a, yeah, the having an orgasm even if you don't want to necessarily i mean that yeah could be a possibility yeah. like i mean i guess men could have that pretty easily too yeah. right because if you give him a blowjob and he doesn't really want a blowjob he might still come though right yeah okay next study people in relationships really have less sex and apparently that's with married and couples that live together um and that's an interesting study and it's kind of crazy because the 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 numbers are pretty low. Like people have like sex once a week, and if even, kind yeah. Of. But that goes into this whole thing that um that has been researched lately, where they say millennials have less sex than the generations before them. Right, which is interesting. I, I have they attribute? Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, I, we were like attribute- talking about this something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think maybe online dating. Yeah. Um, maybe porn. Maybe VR oh, yeah, they porn. Can be, they can be satisfied in other ways, virtually or digitally, and they don't need necessarily. They don't crave sex as much. It's so funny to yeah. me, though. I feel like it still doesn't make much sense, which is interesting because there's another study made. Well, that that one was made. Um, the first one was made by BMJ, and it was a multi-year study about like how people in relationships have less sex, really. But that's also like kind of depending on how you look at it, because if you're single, you might not have sex every week, right? Because you have to find new partners. Yeah, yeah. If you're not me, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> well, I'm not a good example, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think there's definitely truth to that. Like, I feel it does like- make sense if you live together too. You know, like everyday things i mean i've lived with a partner before and it's clearly different if you work all day and you come home and you exhaust that kind of thing yeah right? exactly so the funny thing is though another study by cosmopolitan though so they surveyed <laughs> surveyed um a few thousand people and the basically the consensus was that millennials don't think that they're in a sex recession even though we are Right. Interesting. Interesting. They think that a they sex have recession. I know that's what they call it. Wow. Funny, weird. Um, but so millennials actually think that they have that they're satisfied with the amount of sex that they have, and they think that their friends also have plenty of sex. Right. So yeah, I, guess, I mean, who's to say what? <laughs> what's the right amount of sex to be having? Like, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's different for a lot of people. Like, I think you probably are more driven to have sex more often than a lot of people and but for them they think their sex is enough like the amount of times they have sex is plenty but for you you just have a different threshold like it well also it is a little bit different you know i mean i don't have sex every day yeah no you're like yeah no i'm like it's just possible right, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's not impossible but i mean i have a, a i'm not implying that there's anything wrong with your sex drive oh, it's no, a no, beautiful no. thing no but i think what i found interesting too is though maybe people think that we are having more sex or, or that we don't have less sex than a generation before us right. also because we talk about it more or maybe because it's more in in popular culture right but yeah, like every more, song is about sex yeah. right and people are like maybe a little bit more vocal about it so you think people have more sex yeah 
actually that is a, an interesting aspect of it though it is like sex drive with partners right yeah. because you have your own right and then you meet somebody and you kind of have to see how you match up yeah and right. um with with that um book come as you are by emily nogowski that we talked about she talks a lot about you know different responders like some people like to have sex when they're stressed mm -hmm. some people like retreat and don't and their libido goes down yeah yeah so exactly. depending on your partner you might be like a really clear match right. or sometimes you're not which yeah. i think is kind of normal you and in the situations in which you feel turned on or can be different like you're saying yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I think that is interesting because when you do find somebody who has like the same sex drive and it's a pretty high sex drive, <laughs> it's nuts because then you have to, I mean, I met this, I, I met this guy and like, I think we were talking about as jokingly at one point, like we would never leave the bed. Right. Yeah. If yeah. we were, didn't have to. Right. You know, and that is not with every person the same thing. We both have kind but of like. when you same. meet them at the same place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, and you're like, okay, we would be addicted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we would be like destroying our Please. careers. <laughs> never leave the house. No. Exactly. Weeks later, you're yeah. like, I have no money anymore. Yeah. Or skin on my crotch. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. I'm good at UTIs and shit. Um, all right. Now we're going to move on to a couple studies about commitment. Okay. Um, so two things that I thought were interesting because they're kind of counterintuitive, but maybe not. In general, commitment and better sex are linked. Huh. So that doesn't necessarily mean you're in a couple, like a committed, committed couple, but right. apparently if you commit to your partner, it often ends and ends up to result in better sex right? or the other way around, like good sex. And then you commit because of it somehow. Interesting. I mean, I could see how commitment could result in better sex in the long run, just because the more you get to know a partner, the more, yeah. the better the sex will be, the more you understand each other. I mean, not that's not always the case. Sometimes first one right off the bat's great, but I think in general, <laughs> it really depends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they are saying so. This journal in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy, the study was uh, um, done, and they're saying having good sex one week was associated with couples feeling more committed to each other the following week. The reverse was true as well feeling more committed to each other one week was associated with a couple having better sex the following week so it's mm. interesting so it feeds off each other or something. yeah and could that also be like uh, i wouldn't attribute it to passion for each other like when love is, when you feel is safe so, yeah with when love is part of that transaction like i'm i I have better sex when it's like passion and like, oh my God, I love you. Totally. And then yeah. there's so many different aspects we're touching, right? The way you... <laughs> touching. Mm. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> no, but you have a different experience, right? When you're... Sex doesn't start or stop with penetration. Right. So, of I course. Love, I love that. That should be a like Ooh, that's a nice little that's quote a sex <laughs> doesn't start or stop with penetration we should like have that over as a banner right. over our little recording studio no but i i do think that is i don't know when you really connected to somebody sex feels completely different yeah completely exactly. and if you trust somebody and you feel safe right exactly um, but so also people who love another study made by the Archives of Sexual Behavior. They do a lot of studies, apparently. Um, people who love casual sex are more committed to their relationships when those relationships are consensually non-monogamous. But it's people who like casual sex, like they yeah. don't really want to have a relationship, but if they have still, if they have a partner that is... Polyamorous. Yeah, basically it's polyamory. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. I think so too, right? Yeah. So they're more committed if they're if they get if the freedom. They, if they have freedom, of course. Yeah. If you try and take a cat who wants to go outside at night and close the window, the cat's gonna freak out and and run away. Wait, or like scratch you. Yeah, or scratch <laughs> or scratch you. <laughs> right, but, but like yeah. the the cat will go out and come back home if it's given the freedom to. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, polyamory is such a fascinating yeah. um, topic. Really is. Oh yeah, like we just said earlier, that woman that I was talking about who has this polyamorous situation with her husband and her boyfriend, and yeah. her boyfriend she's had for six years, and he's married too, and it was just like, dude, this is crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> and she has like threesomes with her husband and her boyfriend, and they're in their fifties. That's awesome, amazing, and I couldn't believe it. Like we didn't. This dinner wasn't set up as like a, you know, sex talk dinner or whatever. Yeah. But pretty quickly, I mean, I was there and then there was a <laughs> <laughs> turns into that pretty I quickly. I, honestly, it's become bizarre. Yeah. But there was also a, a couple of other people, like a trans woman was on the table and we like start just chatting, you know, yeah. about like how it is to have an orgasm as a trans woman and like super fascinating stuff. Wow. And then suddenly this lady's like, this is the craziest conversation I've ever had. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, well maybe we can talk about what we do. And I'm like, what the fuck do you do? I want to know. And then she was like, was oh, talking about awesome. the polyamory and yeah, everything. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it was the funnest dinner party. It was like, how did it happen that all of these people <laughs> just suddenly talked about like, you know, their orgasms and the way they have like partnerships and Yeah, stuff. no, that sounds like an amazing dinner party. It was kind of magical. <laughs> <laughs> it made kind of sense. Like a friend called me while I was there and I was like, I'm at the craziest dinner party. Like, I don't know how these things <laughs> keep on happening to me. Um, okay, this is um, another study that was made um, of a bunch of straight women and to identify factors that make women more likely to experience sexual desire. Mm. And there's three factors that they came up with or that, you know, came out of this <laughs> study. And one was intimacy, mm -hmm. feelings of closeness and deep affection, which yep. makes a lot of sense, I feel. And then... Celeb this one is a bit more complicated. Maybe you have like a good take on this because I was kind of confused. Celebrated otherness. Example given, seeing yourself as a separate entity from your partner instead of seeing yourself together as a single unit. Right. I mean, that's difference between being in a codependent relationship or being mm. having a healthy, he healthy boundaries where you're not just completely reliant on your partner. Like if you have your own... Yeah passions and own life outside of just you guys as a thing i think i think that's definitely true like when when you can separate from your significant other say you both travel for work or something yeah and then you come back and you you crave that person and you more. have your own life right yeah. outside of um the relationship and stuff right so. because I, I think codependency creates a lot of problems within relationships oh, sure. and, and makes people like quite annoyed and whatnot so i think if if the relationship is healthier in, in general. Well, and also maybe you want sex out of a different reason, right? right. Than just, um, sometimes when you're really codependent, you want sex just to like be, be okay or be yeah, close to somebody. Yeah, feel like everything's okay. Or, yeah, yeah, instead of like really having me. desire. Yeah. Right, exactly. But you're certain of your love and like you right. don't need that as a... Yeah, it could be more of a mechanical thing as opposed to like being passionate, like, oh, I love you and I want to fuck your brains out yeah let's survive <laughs> <laughs> and the third one is an object of desire affirmation 
Oh. So meaning being told that you're desirable. Yeah, yeah, okay. And we talked about this at length, I feel like, on this podcast already, yeah. that it's such a turn on if somebody's like, I'm so fucking hot for you. Yeah, of I want to fuck you. And like, if that's a text message, if that's like a dinner, mm-hmm. wherever that is, like you are, you taste so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. I can't stop thinking about you. Right. I just got this text the other day that was like, every time your name pops up on my phone, I get a hard on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was like, oh, I love that. Hello. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, it, it's it's nice to feel wanted. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I, shit. I think I think on both ends, that doesn't just go for men towards no, women. I men. think men want to feel like desired and wanted too. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's like several guys that have told me that they love when somebody begs for their dick, and I. Like their dick. Yeah. So I think that's exactly that. Yeah. yeah you want to yeah. feel like she can't, she really wants you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure these like three factors, key factors or whatever to turn a woman on kind of go the other way around too. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe men need less intimacy. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know about that. <laughs> She's like, well, right. <laughs> maybe, no, no, like no. A, I, th- I think there's something. Well, to, to turn them on, I don't know necessarily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. I don't think they need <laughs> I think like, they don't need too much love. Too much help. <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh yeah this woman over there that i've never seen before even though that can happen to me too. Um, ooh, this one is good though because it's a uh, women versus men um men aren't are not more visual than women and i thought that was fascinating the often repeated myth this finding states um um that men are more visual than women when it comes to sex is actually not true. So the findings were published in the proceedings of the National Academy of Science. And the researcher analyzed different studies and hooked up men and women to an MRI machine while showing them porn to try to see how their brains reacted. Mm. And gender was the least predicted, uh, predictive factor in determining how activated a person's brain was while viewing their erotic material. Okay. Interesting, right? So maybe it's not just the, the they can we can both be turned on by visual aspects as much you know as anybody else, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's just different other factors, right? I completely agree with that. I, I was just hearing that differentiation of while watching porn. Originally, I thought when you said visual, like a visual aspect, I thought it's like while having sex, like ah, yeah, which is a different thing. Probably, I mean, right? like yeah. Do, do you get turned on by seeing him penetrate you? Like, y- y- yes. Yeah, but I can also close my eyes. And yeah, exactly. Really well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't you like that sometimes? <laughs> and maybe, yeah, maybe. But I wonder if these, a lot of these concepts are, you know, like you looking up at him while you're giving him a blowjob mm-hmm. or whatever. If that's something that was um, made popular through porn or if mm. that's something that really turns him on no matter what right. or if he's, if he's learned to have that be a turn on oh gosh yeah it's just like did the chicken come before the egg i know type of thing. i know i mean at that point just look at him yeah exactly <laughs> fuck it yeah who cares but yeah i don't need to necessarily see him look at me while he goes down on me all the time right. It can no. be hot, but it's not like it doesn't have to no, happen. No, no. And his mascara doesn't have to run. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to gag. But, no. but yeah, in, in terms of <laughs> in terms of being like uh, turned on by seeing sexual images, yeah, I, I don't think there's a huge difference between men and women. I, yeah, that's fascinating to me because I thought that like was such a 
such an often like a myth that like everyone nearly believed right you know so like in general like more men watch porn than women really though that might be just because porn was made for men yeah i think yeah i think that's probably (laughs) part of the part of scientists in the house yeah worship section mm-hmm. <laughs> i like that sound of like oh no that's gospel <laughs> that's gospel i know so worship is erotic art <laughs> so we often talk about either one erotic artist or a genre of erotic art mm-hmm. or some crazy shit that we make up like penis art um <laughs> it's actually not made up really but yeah. you know the <laughs> new category, category yeah. in art history yeah i love it so today we're going to talk about the art of nude photography i love it you know as everybody's like shooting photos of their genitals today with their iphones but it all Speak came for from yourself <laughs> i really don't yeah. okay. <laughs> oh gosh funny no um yeah but it all started somewhere <laughs> yep in a historical place which every past scenario is a historical place but um photography was invented in 1830 oh we're gonna go through a whole lesson of <laughs> photography so okay all right well just, no, I'm, I'm kidding just I love a it. tiny bit i you love know? um but um the beginning of photography included some nude photography but mainly in the beginning it was seen kind of as um you know a little controversial and bit pornographic yeah so what they were doing was they first of all the exposure was so long that the models had to stand really still yeah so poses would end up being pretty unnatural I would exactly assume, uncomfortable yeah and they also posed kind of inspired by old paintings and statues so more like goddesses or right. um, athletes or whatever so they're kind of like stiff yeah stiff photos right less erotic i would say in that space and but in order to be able to do these nude photographies um a lot of the photographers said these photos were studies for paintings. Right. So you wouldn't have to have a model stand for you for, you know, three weeks. But you yeah. could take a photo and then and paint then, from yeah. it. But that was like a half excuse to be able to, to shoot, shoot nude. nudes. Right. Around like 1910, 1920. First of all, the technology changed, right? Um. So the camera is like 1926, the Leica camera changed like how photographers worked in general because mm-hmm. they were more mobile right and they had like a quicker shutter speed and whatever yeah so in that sense uh a lot of modern artists went into the realm of photography of nude photography mm. as well and so we're gonna go through a few okay through you know the modern art era <laughs> and then into the contemporary <laughs> oh boy wow <laughs> <laughs> spice this lesson yeah. up here a little bit well first of all they're all taking photos of naked people so yeah, it's gotta yeah. be a little fun here right exactly which is really interesting actually because there's very different um different approaches and i thought that was actually one of the things that interested me the most so um so with like modern age or whatever in the 20s and after world war one really mm-hmm. so avant-garde photography kind of took um over and there was like surrealism in photography surrealism yeah yeah and so um the first one we're going to talk about is man ray yep 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 (laughs) sorry i'm I'm a a fan i like man ray he's incredible yeah he's an american born in america um but then moved to europe and spent most of his life there Mm -hmm. um but he he did really like actually kind of like surrealist 
um, photography. Yeah, it's funny because when you say Man Ray, like I, I don't necessarily know of him for his nude photography. I know of him as a surreal, interesting photographer, but I, mm. I'm not that familiar with his nude work. Yeah, I mean, we looked at some stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, one one of us, one of the ones that we looked at was super interesting. I thought, which was like a woman kind of spread legged, and she has like a a blow dryer, a blow dryer like inside of her, inside of her. <laughs> and for that time, I mean, I'm sure that was pretty shocking. Well, I mean, it's still shocking to see now. It is still regardless being shocking, of how yeah. much like shocking nude imagery there is out these days, but it's still like. Whoa. Yeah, it's whoa. And I think it's interesting when you think about it in like a more surrealist way, because then you could think about Freud and about psychology and in, in what way he wanted to show that maybe less erotic as in like a pornographic image, yeah. but more to like have more a dreamlike or a metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like a message that he's trying to send. He brought different ideas to sexual photography. So yeah. it wasn't just like for the sake of a naked body, but right. kind of to come in with themes. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which was interesting because the next one we're going to talk about just for one second is Alfred Stieglitz. And um, he is also an American photographer. Uh, um, and he was also working in, a, in the 20s. But actually what he did, he took very personal nudes and he actually got married to Georgia O'Keeffe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he took photos of her just of her boobs, <laughs> her boobs, of her breasts and yeah. her fingers and arms and stuff. But it was more like a snapshot, like maybe a little bit more like we would photograph right now. Right. Less like a statue. Less conceptualized. Yeah. More like in the moment, his life and candid. Exactly. Imagery, yeah. And he would also take photos of himself and stuff. Right. Um, nude. <laughs> in case you were wondering, the male nude. Let's not forget. <laughs> Love it's the male nude. Females, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, Helmut Newton, I think, shot a bunch of him. You can see his dick. Yes. And this is where we got to go okay, now. Awesome. You're like an amazing, you're like a mind reader. <laughs> contemporary. We're going to more contemporary art. Um, So like more like 1950s, 1960s that we have Helmut Newton. Yep. And he says, I hate good taste. It's the worst thing that can happen to a creative person. And wow, interesting. <laughs> I haven't heard that quote. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. But he was also dubbed a king of kink, right? Um, showed like a lot of kind of like paired fashion with sex and yeah. maybe more deviant sexual acts mm -hmm. like chains and and he if I'm not mistaken he really liked Amazonian looking women yeah so yeah. they were really kind of in that sense also less snapshotty I guess yeah, than Stieglitz yeah. more like conceptualized and like a f high-end fashion photo, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Just with a highly erotic undertone. Yeah. And I think a lot, I think, with power play, right? I feel like a lot of, like, subdom mm -hmm. um, relationships or in that, in that sense. Yeah. On both ends. Right. But there's also male nudes, obviously. Yeah. I mean, his work is it's, so incredible. Yeah, it's in, if, if you haven't seen any of Helmut Newton's work, I highly suggest. Where have you been living? All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll put up some of the photos because they're just so beautiful. And it's very provocative and daring. And what I always found so interesting or find so interesting is that the work that he did, he's like hailed as one of the best photographers in the world. Yeah. Um, but the work that he did in the 50s and 60s and 70s or whatever, it's something that you could barely have on in, like on the internet today yeah. without it being censored. Right. True. And I think in that sense, it feels so, I don't know, we're going back in time or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we, yeah. So the next one we're going to do is Robert Maplethorpe. And he worked even a little later in the 70s and 80s. 
But with him, it's a lot of black and white photography. And he was also documenting the New York BDSM scene, really. Mm. And he was gay, right? So like a lot of the... Um, a lot of his his themes are about like male nudes or that aspect of his life in his work. Right. Which makes sense. Totally. And he says, <laughs> I don't think that there's that much difference between a photograph of a fist up someone's ass and a photograph of carnations in a bowl. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's a difference, but I, I like that sentiment in that, like, why can't we show what we want to show type of thing yeah and he wanted to provoke uh, provoke and like yeah. shock in some mm. kind of a sense right right but maybe the idea of like it being like a still life i took a drink of a, my uh my water <laughs> so that i almost spit it out <laughs> she's like uh okay yeah yeah like a still life of a fist up an ass <laughs> well but this is kind of his in, in 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 that sense i think that makes sense with his work yeah yeah completely i mean i i would hope that his personal life would would trickle into his work and just make it more common not common but accepted idea of male on male absolutely yeah. absolutely so we're gonna do um next one ellen von Un uh, unworth or ellen von unwert um is a, she's a german photographer and that's more like the 90s actually yeah. at this point so we're kind of moving up in time and she does really playful super erotic photos of mainly women mm -hmm. women playing with each other playing yes. with food oh women on most of it's women on women, women so. on women yeah yeah, so she clearly, and she says, I love sexy, intelligent women. Sexiness is hard to define. Of course, a woman can be beautiful, but I think it's something in the eyes. It's a woman saying something secretive, something in her eyes that's almost animalistic. Yeah, which is, and which it's an awesome sentiment. And, and I asked you if you know if she was a lesbian or not, and you said you didn't think so. But I don't know, actually. Yeah, I she, mean, she clearly loves the female form and like the playful aspect of yeah. like women being together and being sensual together. Yeah, and but that doesn't necessarily have to mean that she herself is is gay. Not at all. Yeah. No, but I mean, we'll have to figure that out. I guess maybe. Yeah. But I do think hers is so different from the other ones because it's less. It's not as staged. It's not like in the moment. Yeah, and she's not trying to be like high art. And she's not trying to shock as in like a yeah. this is the dark side of the New right. York scene. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, but in, her stuff strikes me as quite playful, which I totally. enjoy. Totally. And nearly a little comedic and yeah. cheeky. Yeah. Like I think there's one where there's two girls and one of one of the girls has like a plate of um fruit on her vagina and the other girls is kind of like trying to eat from it and stuff. So really tongue in cheek. Yeah. Moments of yeah. Still But sex, also like a sexy. little like male gazy. Too. I think so. Yeah. I actually do think so, which I always find so fascinating because I think it's very hard to differentiate um, sometimes what that means, mm -hmm. right? Because you grew up with a male gaze and then you have to kind of figure out what is actually your perspective right. and what is something you were taught to think. Yeah, interesting. Sexy, complicated. <laughs> and then <laughs> last one, we talked about him actually a couple of weeks ago, so we're just going to mention him really quick, and that's Araki, um, who is a super famous Japanese photographer. And is very prolific in his output, and he 
It's done a lot of erotic imagery, mm. especially. Do you remember the Kim Baku and the Shibari work that he's yeah, done? Yeah, yeah, yep. So that's a little bit more like maybe Halbert Newton esque, but but more in the moment. Yeah, not like a well, not so yeah, staged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he has. A, we have a little quote from him too. Women, he's like women. Well, they're gods. They will always fascinate me. As for rope, I always have it with me. Even when I forgot my film, the rope is always in my bag. Since I can't tie their hearts up, I tie their bodies up instead. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing quote. Right? But also kind of frightening. It <laughs> is kind of But I mean, that's his art, actually. Yeah, no, I think it's beautiful. His art is amazing, but kind of frightening. And some of it is super pornographic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's one, one book he did called Tokyo Pussy, something, whatever. Um, and there he, I mean... If it weren't black and white, I would think it would look extremely pornographic. Really? Yeah. I mean, so because that's very much like in in rooms, and he's like ha shooting photos of people like blowing each other, having sex. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. Groups together. But just because it's black or white, it feels arty. It that's, really I mean, I, I mean, it that's does the, a little it's the bit. case. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, I, I looked at it, and a friend of mine was like, "This is like kind of borderline," and I'm like. Yeah, I think yeah. the black and white saves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's done so much different work though, right? That was just like one aspect of his work and then there's more stage stuff. And, right. Um, and then today, there's so many people shooting nudes and everything's censored. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah, the end. <laughs> onward, onward to confessions. 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 This is we should say it in less of like a, a gloomy way so it doesn't seem so like daunting. <laughs> so as people actually want to write us. So this is confession. Yeah, this is confession. These are your no. questions. Okay, all right, our okay. answers. I, I prefer confessions <laughs> over that. <laughs> over my valley girl accent. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, these are questions from you and sex stories, and we gonna answer them. And uh the first one is any experience with discussing polyamory with a partner and it's from a guy um personally yes not my current boyfriend but the boyfriend before that before we like completely got into the relationship i i mentioned at the time i was hanging out with a, a lot of people who were kind of into polyamory and kind of opening up my mind as far as that being a possibility mm -hmm. not knowing if i fully wanted it or not but i just I, I sent the guy um, who I was going to be dating, um, who's going to be my b boyfriend, I sent him a video of a friend of mine who, actually a trailer of Monogamish. Oh yeah, Monogamish. Just yeah, yeah. just saying like, Talisman. just to kind of see, get a read of, is he into Ooh, something like this hilarious. or not? <laughs> okay. And he freaked out. He it was like a very negative oh, response. Really? He's like, he was like, why is he He's like, There's, well, no, like, I I mentioned like would you be into an open relationship mm -hmm. at all and he's like yeah no absolutely not no way oh wow but then, but then I was like okay I don't I don't know if I want to be in this relationship so he's like no I could be open to it but yeah I, once we were in the relationship I knew there's no way like he was just so insecure that there's no way that he would be I mean if the first reaction is like no fucking way yeah. I don't think it's actually gonna ever be okay no to try you know in that sense like I mean I've never. I have like a, I mean, I had a setup with a guy for a little bit where we were, you know, kind of not our main partners, but we were open, but we're not really in a relationship, so it's not really polyamory fully. Yeah, but, but I, we I, talked about it, but like, it was never really, 
I don't know. The, the question, if we were in a committed relationship, never really was on the table. So right. in that sense, it was always going to be like, oh, we have this situation and we like it. And so I don't, we never sat down and I had to discuss it. Right. I think it's a little trickier to have that conversation with someone you're already in a relationship with when oh, they expect it harder. to be. It was, it was nice for me to be able to like, feel that out while going into one to see like okay how is this gonna come across but as if you're in like already in a relationship i think that's it's, it's, difficult it's pretty difficult to open up a relationship that was monogamous before i think it's very hard yeah and currently right now in the relationship i'm in i have no interest in other men like i'm completely satisfied i think i was just um not as into the guy that i'm i could totally be yeah. and i do think that it different it's different with different people yeah and different people need different relationship setups, right? right? Exactly. Maybe what you did is not completely crazy. Like I think you could be like, "Oh, we can watch this movie together," and yeah. just like and see read. what you think of it. Yeah. And if the person is like, "No fucking way," then be okay with that, you know? Yeah. But you could kind of introduce it. Yeah. There's also, I think, a interesting video called "Monogamy Explained" or okay. something like that, where they talk about other ideas beyond monogamy so it could be interesting just awesome. to show show someone a video and see how they react yeah maybe i'll plug it for you guys so you guys yeah. can check it out yeah super interesting hmm. all right next one um that is from a girl and i wanted to talk about that because it's super interesting to me and we'll see how how we're gonna do yeah. so that's about first timers so virgins and she was just wondering how to like set up your first time having sex and like how to make sure that you'll enjoy it and how to communicate and stuff like that. Yeah. And I thought it was really fun because obviously it's going to take us back quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what would you have done differently from yours? Maybe just say <laughs> everything. <laughs> really? No, I mean, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't like a romantic. It wasn't a romantic setup. Like it was I snuck out of my house and went over to this older boy's house and I think his friend was downstairs while we were having sex. <laughs> and also it, it's 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 always intimidating. I think Did you just want to get it over with or were you like really into the guy or what was going on? I like I liked him a lot, but I think I just went into it like, okay, let's just get this off the table. <laughs> Seriously. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think for mine, I mean, I was in a relationship with that boy when I lost my virginity to him. Uh you don't have to be in a relationship, but I think you should really trust somebody and feel safe with yeah. them. So that would be like my first thing. would be like, have a partner that you're already hanging out with. Yeah, I would know? have preferred to be in a relationship personally. Than, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's nice because it's a pretty vulnerable place. Right. And in order to open up and like be open to like all the different things that can happen or whatever and not be afraid, I think like somebody who you trust is really yeah. nice. And then for, I mean... Don't like make sure that your partner knows that it's your first time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's important. I think it's a lot say. different if the situation is it's both of your first times. Yeah, very different. Then if, yeah. if 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 one if for like if the guy has had sex a couple times and it's your first, so but I think it. I like the idea of it being both people's first times. Yeah, and but I think communication. I didn't have that. Yeah, I think communication is is a big part of it too yeah and also i mean i think honestly have some fun with it yeah. because if you have somebody you trust then you can play because really um it's gonna be a little awkward it's gonna be a bit weird yeah and i mean i had a i had a good time when i'm during my first time and i really enjoyed it and obviously it hurt a little bit but at the same time i really you know really was into my boyfriend and everything mm -hmm. and he was sweet and like 
I don't know. So a lot of good things happen in yeah. that sense. But I do think that you um, just have to be open with each other, maybe even before. And the more you talk and the more funnier or like easier it is between the two of you, mm -hmm. the more fun the first time will yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't play it up like a, well, it is a big deal, but like yeah, have but fun make, with it. Make sure, I mean, maybe use some lube because you might be like a little terrified and not lubricated a mm -hmm. lot. Um clearly make sure that you're using protection or you're on some kind of birth control yeah <laughs> i mean if it's both of your first times you know like you probably don't have anything but um yeah. still make sure get that everything's <laughs> exactly get a condom just so also that pressure is taken off yeah and yeah my god <laughs> that's so funny because that's probably at somebody's like parents house or something that's right? like i don't know it's so funny to think about um uh yeah i don't know maybe you wait until your parents are out of town well yeah for sure i would i would say or a car <laughs> but that's not a good place for your first time no it's not i would no. highly not recommend no. this no no don't do that and just to be comfortable i mean i don't know oh but i think before you have your first time do do masturbate by yeah. yourself oh yeah yeah just so you kind of figure out. out what's like what you like and stuff yeah. and then you could even masturbate with your partner a little mm -hmm. bit so you to get it turned on or show him how you like yeah, it yeah, yeah. you know just approach it as like something new but that you can learn together mm -hmm. i agree holy if you have any other questions please ask because i'm i'm sure we're forgetting something yeah <laughs> yes, <definitely. we> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and if it hurts just slow down yes or stop and yeah and if you bleed it's totally okay that's normal i i didn't i didn't know that that could happen oh really yeah when it when it was my first time i i thought oh that's so weird why did i like why did i bleed but that's normal you're you're it's pretty normal yeah popping the cherry quote unquote exactly it's just yeah. when the hymen rips yeah. i mean for me it happened when i was younger so during my first time there was no blood yeah but it can and happen it's, it's not like you're gushing it was like a couple spots yeah, yeah. it can it can happen anytime really i mean you can have even you can have sex several times and not have your hymen break so mm -hmm. Because it's not a hole. It's actually just like, um, what do you call that? Like, a, I don't know, like a ring. Yeah. A ring of tissue, but in the middle is a hole. So you can actually have sex with the hymen still intact. Right. So, <laughs> I'm like, how is that called? <laughs> that thing. Anyways. Um, okay. So now we have our last question. It's also by a woman. And she's asking, how did you find men who give good oral sex? I've only found women who are good at it. <laughs> Well, well, I don't know. Shit. I mean, nobody has a resume, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, yeah. I just found somebody. Well, actually, if I've I've received a lot of good oral sex by guys, and then sometimes not that great, and then you know, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, but but I think someone. <laughs> I don't think someone is strictly bad or good. I think it's again we use this so many times communicating, like telling him what you want. He's not. He's not going to know. Sure, maybe there's some guys who are more practiced and right off the bat they, oh, they yeah. yes. Well yeah, clearly. <laughs> they they know kind of in general what women like, but also we're also different. So I think the guys that are better at it are the ones that are really enjoyed and are yeah. interested in giving it. Exactly. And interested in learning how to do it differently. Yeah. And I think that's the same with girls on blowjobs. I think it's same. Right? If yeah, you're yeah. if you're into it and you see this then like it's gonna be a, a learning experience. Job, I'm, yeah. Honestly, every time I give a blowjob 
to if I have sex with somebody new, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited because I'm gonna learn something new about this person's body, right? And it's more like trying out things and uh-huh. seeing what feels good for him, right? Than me being self conscious about giving bad head, You're right? Exactly, yeah, just because I never... it's so different for everybody, right? And you just try different things and see how he reacts, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but and if you just have fun t- in that process, yeah, and being observant of like, oh, okay, he he reacts better when I do this. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's just being in tune and aware of what's going on, and like communicating again, like yeah. right, like you said. I mean, I think some guys tell me, and I ask sometimes. I'm like, do you like this? You like a finger up your butt? <laughs> I do. I mean, that question I always ask. You know, if, if it gets to that point, because yeah. that's something that if you do it and he doesn't like it, is a little less great. Mm, yeah. Um. Even though whatever but (laughs) (laughs) you'll probably know before the fingers up the butt if If, he doesn't like it because he'll like be funny yeah be funny oh my god i'm horrible well so yeah i guess uh how to find the men i think maybe you can see it as a marker of somebody who might be good at it if they're already communicative and Mm -hmm. if they share a lot of memes with you where a girl a guy goes down on a girl I have seen this as well, a that good a marker. Thing you, you've experienced that. No, way. I have experienced that. Yeah, that's funny. Like a guy who, like, before we even hook up, like when our flirting phase, mm-hmm. tells me kind of how much he much likes, he likes it, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like yeah. kind of like teases me, and it's like I or if somebody is like, oh, I can wait to taste you, or whatever yeah, the hell. Yeah. These things are good markers for somebody who is into get, mm-hmm. going down on and you. And I think that's I think that's the biggest factor of if someone's good or not is if they enjoy it, like you said. Like, I think so. Yeah. I mean, granted. It's just a, that's like the baseline because from there you can learn anything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe if you haven't found a guy who's really good, like maybe the next time try to communicate with him and see if you can get him to do what you like. (laughs) (laughs) Use some fingers. God damn it. Yeah, right. Just kidding. (laughs) I have said this, but not like this. (laughs) Some fingers, god damn it. <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine That's a poor man? Yeah, he's poor like, what? She's like, oh my gosh. She's terrifying. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Start whipping him. He, well, maybe he likes that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, you'll never know. You never know. Well, that was a lovely, mm-hmm. lovely day at Pussy yeah, Church. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for, for listening. And we have more questions, but we always do. So yeah. next time we'll answer the rest. And and yeah, if you have any questions, please DM me, email me or whatever. And um, let us know. We'll answer right. them for you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Blessed be the pussy. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church podcast. You can find me at Tales of Laura on Instagram. And make sure to visit my website, talesoflaura.com, to subscribe to the show and sign up for my crazy newsletter. If you like today's show, Please, please, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. See you next Sunday. 